my guest, Wes Craven, who, uh, in addition to being a prolific and wildly successful film director for over 30 years, his credits include A Nightmare on Elm Street, many episodes of The Twilight Zone, The People Under the Stairs, Scream 1, 2, and 3, and his horror classic Last House on the Left. He's also a former humanities professor, and he's written his first novel entitled Fountain Society. Wes Craven, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, Jeff. Great to have you here. First of all, uh, what made you decide that uh, after all these years of making films, you wanted to sit down and write a novel? Well, it was an idea I've had for a long, long time. Almost 15 years ago, I had the idea for the Fountain Society, but um, without giving too much away, it it involves the transplantation of a brain into the uh, body of one's clone. And uh, for a long time, people just sort of poo-pooed me and, you know, said that was that would never be possible. It was really with the, uh, I think with the publicity that came around, first of all, Dolly, which uh birth of Dolly was right. announced about a week after I got the contract to write the book. And also the um, publicity around the injury to Christopher Reeves with the, uh, you know, the new hopefulness about uh, the ability to someday reconnect a spinal cord that uh, the whole story became possible. Mm-hmm. Talk about your early interest in the horror genre. I mean, you started out, you were, as as I mentioned, a humanities professor, you were teaching English, and what is it that attracted you to, to the genre of horror? Well, it was kind of an odd uh, combination of uh, circumstance and luck. I mean, I, I had gone to New York to get into the business from uh, having been a humanities teacher, and... Um, you know, I really just uh, was looking to, for a for a way in. When um, about a year into uh, learning the basics of filmmaking, somebody, back Sean Cunningham, a, at that time a young producer with just one film under his belt, was offered by a theater chain uh, the uh, commission to do a scary movie. So uh, Sean and I had become buddies, and he said to me, "Look, you want to be a director someday, won't you? Uh, go write something scary, and uh, you can direct it, and then you can cut it, and." You'll be a filmmaker. <laughs> so I went off and wrote uh, something just based on kind of the story outline of Virgin Spring, which was a film that I admired a great deal, Bergman's film, and uh, mm-hmm. just updated it and made it uh, more hard. And uh, off it went. And it was you know, made for this small theater chain, but it was picked up by American International Pictures, uh, Sam Arkoff's old outfit, right. and uh, off, off it went into national distribution. And suddenly I was... a uh, a filmmaker, indeed, and uh, one known for a very, very scary film. Mm-hmm. And as you continued working on, on scary films, as you continued working on horror films, was there the urge constantly to want to do other things, or were you content to sort of do stuff within that genre that was, was sort of pushing the envelope, as, as many of your films were? No, it was a, it was a combination. I mean, uh, right away, Sean and I, at that time, we, we were sort of sharing an office, uh, tried writing other things and developing other properties, but we couldn't get no interest in the, I mean, we wrote a comedy on American Beauty Contest. We wrote something about a Vietnam expat. We wrote something about a divorced father, and none of them were able to be, were we able to find funding uh, for them. So um, we were kind of thrust back on, uh, you know, what people knew us for, and uh, Sean went off eventually did Friday the 13th, and I went off and did uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. And, but it was always, if you want to make a scary film, we'll give you some money to do that, but uh, we can't sell you for anything else. So it was over the years to kind of the, you know, the dream was to get out of the genre in some way uh, to make a, a film or to write a novel. And uh, it just happened that this year, 
kind of coincidentally, I had a, a very adventurous publishing house make me an offer to to write a book based on just a, an idea that I pitched to them. And at the same time, um, Bob and Harvey Weinstein of Miramax Dimension Films gave me the chance to do a non-genre film. So we have this film called Music of the Heart opening uh, starring Meryl Streep. Right. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it was, um, you know, when, when Scream uh, came out um, so successfully, the, the Weinstein brothers came, myself and my uh, producing partner, and said, uh, you know, we'd like to make a three-picture deal, and we know you want to do something out of the genre, so to sweeten the deal, we'll, we'll give you the chance to do something out of the genre as well for one of the pictures. So uh, they ran down the list of things that they, properties that they owned, and one was a, a documentary called Small Wonders, which I had seen about a, a woman who uh, teaches violin in East Harlem to uh, the kids there in the inner city. She's been doing so for 14 years, and for about seven of those years has funded herself through a series of concerts uh, with her kids, and sometimes world-class violinists, including this Doc Pearl and Isaac Stern. So we just thought it would make a marvelous feature, and um, I said, that's the one I want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, uh, eventually convinced uh, through a, I think one of the most passionate letters I've ever written, Meryl Streep, to come in and star in it. So we suddenly uh, were in possession of this marvelous, uh, one of the greatest actresses uh, of the 20th century in in our little film. So it just kind of took off, and it's just a a wonderful, heartwarming, fun film. And uh, it's coming out uh, at the end of this month. Was there anything inherently different about making a non-genre film? Well, it it is in many ways... uh, Especially making a film about a woman teaching children, there was—it's much more of a of an approach of capturing things in their entirety. Sometimes with children, whereas with the horror film, it's—if uh, you, know, you sort of read how Hitchcock did it, it's, it's very much like that of a of a clock being assembled. Uh, you know, sort of this giant clockwork of little pieces and bits and tiny shots and suspense being built over uh, many many little instances. Uh, so it's a, it's a much different approach. In in a way, making a film um, like the one we made with the uh, music of the heart is, is a more holistic approach in the sense that uh, it happens on the set rather than happens you know, in the mind of the maker. Right. I, so, uh, the the other aspect of it is also the fact that it, it is more execution intensive, at least w- within a genre film, that there is often to fall back on the notion that you're scaring people. And if certain other elements don't work, or don't turn out the way you had originally envisioned them, at least the element of scaring people keeps the film going forward, not necessarily true with the non-genre film. Yeah, it is true, uh, although I think to make a film that really, really makes an impact, uh, the, the uh, misconception is that if you put in like 10 buckets of blood, you know, you'll scare people, and I think that very quickly uh, the audience becomes a nerd to that, and, and what you really have to do is get under their skin, into their kind of subconscious, and I've found that the films that I've made that have been most successful have had a great deal of thought in them, uh, although people might not even be aware of the kind of levels that you're working with, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and even Scream, where uh-huh. you know films that range off into social commentary and uh, psychological analysis, uh, even kind of dream works that uh, you know helps to make it really, really powerful rather than just something that's uh, sensational. Right. And, and and do you think that all of those elements, particularly in Nightmare on Elm Street, all of the many elements that you wove into the story, as, as you say, many of them people were not aware of when they initially saw the film, 
that really gave it its resonance and that made it such a classic and a, and a picture that uh, so many sequels respond off of? I absolutely believe that. I've, I've found that over the years, and some of these films that I've made now have been out there for 30 years, that the kind of critical recognition of what they are has lagged far, far beyond the public's uh, recognition of what they are. But now, you know, I'm starting to have books written about films I did 25 years ago, where at the time they were considered to be you know, absolute trash or, or uh, something that was socially irredeemable. So um, I, I think you could, it's also very easy to make a film that uh, can be sensational but will disappear in six months. So um, I think that the whole genre has been, and continues to be, I think, looked at uh, very shallowly by, uh, by the critical uh, arm of the film uh, world and that they deserve a lot more attention than they get mm-hmm. in general. And how do you think that the advent and the technological advances, which have been legion in terms of special effects, how has that affected the basic horror genre? You know, I don't think it has. Uh, it, certainly those tools can be used effectively by a director, but they certainly can't rescue um, a film uh, or make it work. Uh, I think, sorry, Jean, Jean DeBont, but, uh, you know, The Haunting was a good example of that. Mm-hmm where it just does not make, no matter how many millions of dollars you spend on special effects, if the story and the psychological framework isn't there uh, and, and the character, then it doesn't really matter how much special effects you have. I've found that uh, in the films I've made, some of the most memorable scenes have been done on you know, a 10-cent budget. Uh, right. it, it, just, it, has, it has to do whether it resonates really down at the primal level of the viewer or not. Right. It really does, as, as one looks back at, at, at your films and at any of the classics in the horror genre, that it's much more the psychological and, the, and, the, and as you say, the primal that really makes the film successful as opposed to any special effects at all. Yeah, it's, it's part of the beauty of them because they can be done. I mean, Blair Witch was a great example. Right. It can be done on a minuscule budget and can blow out of the water a film that costs $100 million. It's, it's uh, really a, a wonderful, subversive sort of fact in the, in the film world. Even though uh, budget inflation has uh, overtaken everything these days. Well, it has, but it's still possible, especially for emerging filmmakers, to work uh, you know, outside of the unions and, and to do something that's very, very passionate and innovative uh, you know, on a very small budget, and it, it still will get a very loyal audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there, are there are plans, I assume, for uh, Fountain Society, your new novel, to be turned into a film? Right. Uh, DreamWorks actually stepped up to the plate on that one, and so uh, we're going to be doing that in the year 2000 with DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. And um, More novels that you want to do? I do. Uh, the, the Did trick, you like the process? I, I like the process. The, it, the, the trick about it is that it, it is very time-consuming, and uh, it's very difficult. This, this last year and a half I've done two features and a, and a novel, and I can tell you it's exhausting not only to myself, but everybody who knows me. <laughs> right. So uh, I probably will do more in the future, but uh, will have to, I think, pace myself a little bit better. I, I, I had this odd feeling like the century is coming to a close. I had to get done everything that I wanted to get done in the century. But uh, Probably a lot of people have had that sort of creeping feeling like things are coming to a close, and you have to sort of uh, finish. You to get business. it all done. Are there other uh, specific horror projects that you want to do, things that you've been ruminating about for a while, film projects that uh, you see down the road? Well, we're just completing Screen 3. That's uh, been a kind of a fun um, project to work on a trilogy that has a definite ending to it. Everybody suspects that we're going to be doing 4, 5, 6, but we're not. So um, 
working on that kind of complex of a, a tripart story over three films was has been really fascinating. And uh, there are a few other things that I have in the works. I I, I don't want to talk about them because uh, it's too early. Well, it, it, you know, stories and concepts tend to be uh, you know, taken by other people if you talk about them too much. Okay. So I, I tend to be pretty secretive about that. Wes Craven, his new novel, his first novel is Fountain Society, and the title of uh, the movie with Meryl Streep that's coming out? The Music of the Heart. Music of the Heart, and that'll be out when, Wes? It'll be out October 29th. All right. And we'll... Scream 3 on uh, January, February 4th. Wes Craven, thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Take care.